1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Friends, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Rev Covery. Now, usually during the intro, we'll be letting you know a little bit about each person that we are inviting to be part of the Rev Covery experience as a guest. Well, this week, it's just Justin and I as we kind of unpack some of the stuff that we experienced um, both over the time that we were away by going to Wild Goose and also by reading Brian McLaren's book. I hope that as you listen to what we're going through, that you get a hint of what we've always wanted Rev Covery to be about. And that is this idea that we are simply part of the journey that we ourselves, our fellow journeymen, fellow journey women, fellow journey siblings, we're on the same path as you are, however our various routes may look. So we hope that you will enjoy this conversation and that it will be part of just sort of the overall narrative that we are kind of all in this together. So with no further ado, this is episode 22. Well, hello there, Justin. <laughs> we are terrible. So we are so excited to be back recording. Just the trash humans that we are. It, I am, uh, you know, we've done a new intro, so we don't even have to introduce ourselves. This is so great. But I am so excited to be back recording. We have had, we've met in real life. I mean, so much has changed. I know. So much, so much. So much has changed. The world is different now. The world is different. I can confirm that Justin is a real person which I know many of you were wondering. It is true. It is true. Justin is a real person. What I want to imagine, so we met as we went to the Wild Goose Festival, which is a little bit what we're going to talk about today. We wanted to really do an episode about kind of how a lot of things have shifted for us in a weird way after our profound conversation with Brian McLaren. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, check out last week's episode about Brian McLaren. And if you're listening to this weeks later, go check out the episode with Brian McLaren. We went to Wild Goose. Check out that episode. We'll be after this episode. But how are you listening to this in order? I'm not here to tell you what to do. We've just had a lot of profound conversations about not just what does it mean to sort of go to these like Christian festivals, which Wild Goose is technically, I guess, a Christian festival. And that's where mm -hmm. we met. But the thing that I <laughs> can't get out of my mind is like me driving up to meet you. I was nervous because you and I are like friend friends. Like we just spent an hour shooting the shit before we got onto this. And so we've been friends now, I would say close friends for the last, you know, over a year and then to not know each other. And so I'm imagining the people who were in the lobby of the hotel, because we both ended up staying in the Hilton, if they were just like, what, what is happening in this moment? These people I think I forget who said it, but like, maybe it was you like you have legs. <laughs> I, I yelled. I, I think that's the first thing I yelled. I yelled, you have legs and ran towards you. And if you don't have legs, that's fine. No big deal. It's just yeah. I've only ever seen him, you know, in, a in his head in the Zoom box. So to meet you in real life was such a fun experience. Yeah, it was it was a delight. It's I the pandemic has changed friendship in a lot of ways uh, and in some good ways, you know, for accessibility and stuff like that. But it's also like 
I don't know, seeing a person and how they are in the world is just a whole new thing. So it was like, um, yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was so great. I think it was good to be in that experience together. So Wild Goods Festival is sort of a progressive Christian festival. And it is, uh, it's just really, I don't know how to explain it to other people other than like, I think, what did our friend Melissa called it? Uh, Burning Man for Christians? Yeah, Progressive Christian Burning Man, which I don't know does justice to any of those words when they're put together no, like that. No, they don't seem um, to go together, but. But, but it is, it's very much a exposing yourself to new ideas and new ways of being a Christian mm-hmm. in the world. I think that's one thing that it does. I think it's, I, th- I think it's particularly good for people, especially those of you that, you know, are listening to this podcast, maybe newly out of ministry or, or in ministry, but like thinking what, what does my faith look like? It's shifted and changed so much. I think it's a great space for that to, right. to be just exposed to ideas that maybe, you know, you can Google I'm losing my faith. And it can come up with some very strange results. But I think the people that were there were super kind and generous. And, you know, a lot of, and for me, I know diversity is sometimes a hot topic in especially progressive Christian spaces. But at least from where I was sitting, the amount of diversity I got from listening to people that were differently abled and people that were, you know, various, you know, shades of color and experience and shades of sexuality as well. There was just a lot of that. And it was, it was very good for me to be in that space and to, you know, be challenged in the way that I think, uh, and gosh, yeah. And also challenged in the way that I'm not thinking about Christianity. I've said on this podcast before, I don't necessarily consider myself Christian anymore, but as a result of a lot of our conversations over the last couple of months, I'm like, Oh man, am I, am I still, Am I still a Christian? <laughs> and like, I think it's because this is the first time in our lives, I feel like for me anyway, that I'm getting to decide the answer to that, yes, whether yes. I knew it or not. And so we we shared last week and I, I want to share it again. It was just this funny experience of when I read Brian McLaren's book, Should I Stay Christian? At the end of it, I texted you and I said, F, I'm still a Christian. And mm-hmm. that might not be profound to anyone else. And people might be like, oh, how, you know, how could you own that? But I think I, the challenge for me was really around this idea of, for me to say I'm not a Christian is actually me trying to say I'm not like that. Yes. It actually has nothing to do with belief for me or like, for me, it was a resistance. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that, it, yeah. So for me, it was resistance to say, I am not labeling myself as a Christian because I don't want to be considered part of that pack over there. Right. Yeah. But it very much is that cult of innocence that he talks about that I think is a Nadia Boltz Weber thought that like, I can, I can see myself as innocent and I am not racist and I am not homophobic and I'm not all of these things because I am putting myself above reproach. Yeah. And, and that's bullshit. an ego trip. That's <laughs> such an ego trip. And that, that is the ego same trip. ego trip as the fundamentalist Christianity that we right. tried to get out of. Right. And that's, I, I guess what it comes down to me, and we had Maher Salani on here several episodes ago in mm-hmm. the, our first season. And I really want to give up the fundamentalism part, not, and whatever religion shakes out of that little like stack of cards. I almost don't care. I mean, if that's, if I can say it that crassly, like my belief system, whatever that happens to be, I am not as attached to as I am 
trying to shake fundamentalism and that cult of innocence type thinking where, you know, whatever it is that I've found, I'm right. And I have it right, whether it's atheism, whether it's agnosticism, progressive Christianity, fundamentalist Christianity, I don't care what it is. I want to shake the notion that I have arrived at the right answer. And, and I'm certain of that. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And so it does lead to these moments though, sometimes where you're reading something profoundly Christian and you're like, am I still this? Or maybe I am. And, and wild goose is very good for me to be reintroduced to streams of Christianity that I don't know that I have seen much of before. Yeah. Like, like I fundamentalist Christianity, you can throw a rock and you can find that here, at least in the United States finding generative, genuinely loving and accepting and genuinely like good for the world at large versions of Christianity are sadly very hard to come by, um, at least in, you know, they're not as common. And so being exposed to those, and again, it's just very good for me to be like, you know what, this person of color, this queer person, this, you know, person that is not like me, they're still super invested in this thing that hurt them. And I have been hurt, but not like that. And so what is it that I'm missing? I think is a question I'm asking, like, what is it that they're seeing that maybe I'm not? And so it's been, it's been an interesting conversation for me to try to engage with and try to figure out for myself. Yeah. I, I, I got called, I feel like, so really this episode is like, what's changed since last season. Yeah, I think I got called out by myself or by others, I guess a little bit in how, um, great I felt about separating myself from an identity. And so for me also, so a couple of profound things happened. We read Brian McLaren's book. We spent time with Brian and it, it really uh, had me questioning uh, why I choose to define myself in certain ways. And then I went to my annual conference, which I was ready to just, every time I've ever gone to my annual conference, which is the yearly gathering of my denomination from my area, which is also the title of our, of our like district or whatever you want to call it. It's called like our area. It's called an- the annual conference. And then you go to an annual conference. It makes no, it is the word. It is literally made to confuse anyone outside and of this. Isn't your denomination wide thing also called an annual conference? No, that's general conference. Oh, general conference. Okay. Which right. Where all oh. the annual conferences come together. Yes. And the jurisdictions don't even worry about it. It is ridiculous. I gotcha. Uh, it's not in the Bible. Don't worry about it. Um, anyway, I I was expecting every year I've ever gone. Someone once asked me, where's the space that you feel like you are an alien in the most? Like, where do you feel completely, you know, the question was also like, where do you feel most yourself? Where do you feel least yourself? Annual conference for me is a place that I enter the space with a lot of defensiveness. I am so blessed and so lucky that uh, a lot of my, f- I have a lot of friends within our denomination and they serve on various different boards. and. So there has been some difficult moments where they've shared with me that people who to my to my face are very kind are not kind in meetings about me. And because I am an Enneagram three, it means that I don't call those things out. I continue to be kind to you, but it literally hurts my soul to be in a room with a bunch of people who I know aren't my biggest fans. And some of them it's for strange reasons. Some of it is like, I feel like you don't know me, but okay. Some of it is this like really weird competitive stuff that our denomination brings about. Uh, It's just a hard space for me to be in. And then also, I haven't felt incredibly supported by the denomination since making the choice to not be a local pastor. I have a great district superintendent. I'm giving you all of this disclaimer that when I went into the space, I was on like 10 high alert. 
whole body. And it was like two days after I had texted you and said, F, I'm a Christian. And now I'm back in like a super Christian space where I'm on like high alert and I'm like in worship services and feeling like, what the, I don't know how I feel about this. Until I noticed that all of our high up people, so our district superintendents, our bishops, were wearing t-shirts that say, I stand with the 16. And that means a lot to me. So uh, the 16 are folks who are trying to get ordained in the, again, if I don't give a shit about this, why do I care so much? But these people got were trying to get ordained in Florida. Why am I invested listening to this? Right. I've heard you tell this story 10 times and I'm still like, tell me more. Right. <laughs> and it's like that, it's why I'm still around. Like I can't, I can't leave because 16 people were, had worked really hard to get ordained in the United Methodist Church is really hard. It's like getting your doctorate. It is very hard. And 16 people had done everything, and they, the only thing they had to do was an official vote. It's supposed to be this nice moment where all your colleagues vote for you. It's like this beautiful moment. Like for me, it was like knowing that all these people kind of like approve of my anointing, however you want to call it. It's yeah. like it's supposed to be kind and sweet and affirming. Instead, uh, the Florida conference that these people were in, some folks who are very against LGBTQIA full inclusion, decided to make this a political point and didn't vote for any of them to be ordained. So 16 folks did not get ordained after working so hard to be ordained. It extends them for a year. It, it affects the retirement. It does all this stuff. To discover that people in my denomination in my sorry in my conference were wearing these t-shirts because they paid a lot of money for these t-shirts because the the money they made off of these t-shirts went to support that those 16 so already i'm taking off my like high horse right like you're actually doing something to care for these people to make sure their health care is paid for to make sure their lawyer fees are paid for all these sort of things right but you harm but these people were harmed by the very thing so do you see how it's this like weird split brain i'm going through so then I'm sitting there and it's about to be the ordination service and two of my friends are being ordained. I'm like, all right, I'm going to stay for this. Like, this is powerful. This still means something to me. And I notice in the program that one of the people who is being ordained, they have they, them pronouns. Huh? That's powerful. Then this is how the divine just Fs with me. One of my dear friends who is a trans man who I don't know through Methodist circles at all. I know them through Kevin for the last like 12 years. We met forever ago. Like there is no reason, or not 12 years, maybe like six or seven years. Like I should, like, why is this person at this event? Text me, hey, are you here? I'm here to see my friend ordain. So I say, hey, I have an extra seat beside me. So my trans friend is sitting beside me. We're like catching up and we're ordination service. They kind of don't know much about this or care about this like thing. The bishop ordains a trans man with they, them liturgy, and I lose my shit. I am weeping in an ordination service. This person who's not supposed to care about this stuff anymore, who thinks the whole system mm -hmm. is harmful, that feels um, abandoned and abused by it. And yet, the fact that this trans man is being recognized for their gifting and gracing and they're using the correct terms. They care about them. I'm like, shit, I'm still invested. Yeah. So that was investment number two. I don't yeah. love it, guys. I don't love that this is me, but I also don't think it's bad that it is. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's hard when you have these like powerful experiences to just throw it all out or, 
or when you see like powerful experiences for other people, like it, and right. it's not, all, it's not always for me, but uh, I remember going to, uh, it was United Methodist church here. Well, I think maybe they caucus with United Methodist church. I don't know here in Columbus full of people that are rejected in probably every other church they've ever been to. And I remember thinking like this, this isn't for me, but I love that this exists. Like I am in love with this space. It's a, it's a beautiful little space. It's like in an art gallery. They meet, it's you know lovely. It's downtown. Like it's went there several times and yeah. Like, why is that? Why is that still important to me? Like, why is that still why do like, I need these spaces to still exist? Why yeah. do you and I get emotional whenever, like, one of the episodes you'll have, we'll have coming out soon is with Anna. We won't give away too much about that episode because we want all of you to listen because it's so good. Uh, but as Anna is sharing her story and she's still part of that community, it challenged me as someone who just wanted to wash my hands and walk away and say, yeah. because it is that idea of allyship when we walk away then it just gets more conservative. Yeah. And, and what yeah. does that mean? And yeah. does that matter? I don't know. And this isn't to say to stick around in abusive situations. No, I do want to emphasize not at all. that. Like, yeah, yeah. like the denomination I came from, I will not go back to <laughs> for a lot of reasons, but there's also still people in there that contact me and talk to me and I still want to support them and love them and care for them. Uh, so I think it's, if it still matters to you, I think that's Okay. I know that it's okay. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. And if it doesn't matter to you at all, this doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. No, not at all. But it's, I think I'm just to the point where I'm like, I'm going to let the stories that move me just move me and try not to be fundamental about it. Well, yes, that too, but, but try not to figure it out. Like, I mean, there are songs, like there are songs I listen to that I'm like, I'd have no point of reference for this song, but for some reason, Every time I hear it, I want to cry, you know, I'm not going to list them off. That's private. <laughs> uh, it's none of your business. None of your business. Did I liturgically dance to oceans? Is it caught on film? At it Wild is. Goose? Yes. It was so funny. It was, it was amazing. Triggering um, and funny at the same time. Yes. So I, I think it's okay to, especially if you're coming out of ministry, you've, if you're leaving the ministry, you've probably been hurt in some way, whether in a small way or a huge way. If you're considering leaving ministry, that's probably also true for you. I would dare say 90% of the people listening to this podcast have been hurt in a significant way by the church. And I understand the desire to just be like, I'm done with all of it. This is all garbage. And you can look at church history and you can look at the way the church is behaving currently in the United States when it comes to politics. I say the the conservative wings of the church. And, and you can come to that conclusion and that conclusion is not wrong. But also if you see all that, but you still are like, I'm still moved by this. That's, that's a perfectly valid way to interpret the data too. And that might mean that there's something more working in you and, and it's going to look different, but it's just be moved by what you're moved by, I guess is really just what I I'm coming down to. Cause it's, I think it's this we're, inner we're evaluation yeah. that any, anytime we, anytime we've gotten to a place like what, what this show is doing for us and what the show is doing for other people, which was also profound. I'm sorry, being at Wild Goose and having people share how our little podcasts out in the world of lots of podcasts is affecting people was very, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Honoring and humbling and uh, just, I don't even know, uh, affirming and, you know, cause you and I did not do this. We did this cause we needed it when we were going through this and I continue to need it as I, you know, got the phone calls you got when we first became friends. And I was like, I don't know how to make money. I still don't know how to make money, but at least I have someone who's like, yeah, it's great. You'll be fine. And I think hearing people say that this work is profound to them was really lovely. So thank you to everyone who does that. And then just seeing the pain that a lot of people are going through as they're making decisions like the ones we have had to make in the past and and even about what communities they're going to invest in because all of this has implications, right? Like I'm so glad there's a space where some of the folks that were with us that don't necessarily fit within the church, traditional church structures have a place to go. I'm glad it exists for other people. And maybe sometimes I'm glad it exists for me. And mm-hmm. so the next part, so um, I'm going to use potty language. So if potty language offends you guys, skip ahead. This is like our podcast. The text that I sent. We can use. I know. I know. But like, like we, can just use, a, we can use the language you want. So I wrote the text that said, fuck, I'm still a Christian. Yeah. Uh, and then being Which at Which I a, laughed at because I was not even joking thinking the same thing. <laughs> like that is that, like which I, when I got it, I was like. I I also said out loud to myself, fuck, like, <laughs> what's going Shit. on? <laughs> um, I'm still one of those people. Yeah. Uh, and then being at annual conference and um, sitting there and shit ordination still matters to me. Then we go to Wild Goose and I got up earlier than I, why was I at the more? Oh, I know why. Because they tell me when I get there, hey, you're going to be co-hosting or you're going to be hosting this panel of people who do hermeneutics. So that's preaching. As someone who is a, a strong speaker, could you come and host this panel? And I, I should have looked up all of her information before I say all this. But so Pink Rose Chronicles, which is if you don't know what that is, it is it, it was started like a Facebook live during the time uh, of COVID. And it was started by a hermeneutics professor, and it's Dr. Melva Sampson. And so I went to go hear Melva preach uh, that morning. And originally, I heard what sounded like spoken word. So I moved towards the main stage, and then Melva was preaching. And when I say, I cannot wait to have her on the show at some point. Wow. And Pink Robe Chronicles, you can find her online and drmelvasampson.com. But I say all that to say, I was asked to co-host a conversation between her and Josh Scott, who is the preacher at Grace Point in Nashville, and just really moved by her speaking. And meanwhile, you came and sat down beside me. And then you and I were like, oh, what's going on with the rhythm? Like, we're doing the whole, like, this is what's good about mm-hmm. preaching thing, right? Like, yeah. and then to have her within our time that her and I shared a stage, uh, describe what preaching is. Then I texted you or walked off the stage, looked right at you, which by the way, you and Pete ends uh, 100% during that time were the Muppets from uh, the little old men from the Muppets. Is it? No, it's just the Muppets, right? Yeah, the Muppets. They're like, they're on the the opera house guys. Yeah. Pete ends who, if you guys don't know who Pete ends is, dear friend of mine, uh, dear friend of us, uh, is on the Bible for Normal People. Jared and Pete are two of my favorite humans. And so Pete was like, I'm going to come here you speak, but I'm also not going to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to go sit underneath a tree. And then you joined him. And then I was like, great. Now I have my two friends like 
overlooking like the Muppets. It was great. And the two of you are like the like one liner guys. So it was perfect. But anyway, Melva preaching about preaching. Yeah. Fucking rocked me again. So it then was, I say, yeah, it was, shit, I'm still a preacher. Yeah. So and we had a lot had of potty language experience. for those of you that Sorry, don't know, guys. We're, we're, we're potty language people. Uh, I know I don't want to be, but I, that's not true. I'm fine with it. Well, um, no, here's my like, because some sometimes and I think a lot of times like emotional language is important and like ear grabbing language is important. And when you're having this massive revelation about yourself, like shit, fuck, damn, like they're, I, they're perfectly <laughs> appropriate words to me. And some settings mean you shouldn't, but probably you're not blaring this podcast in front of your children. Maybe you are. They're learning some words. We did warn you, but... <laughs> I just have to say that Bob and Chris yeah. Heath raised someone who didn't have this mouth. I I have appropriated <laughs> this language for myself because I don't – my parents, you know, we always – you know, it was always this idea of like it's not classy to cuss yeah. all the time. Yeah, Leisha so and I know Frank also he, did not raise this mouth either, but it happened. Yeah, I – the mouth of the South. I found it on my own. But yes, it was this profound realization because I am speaking at a bunch of events and I'm preaching. And this story is still compelling for me. I'm still a Christian, which I don't know what to do with that because my practices are so different, if not non-existent. God and I have had these really weird, if not most days, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm more leaning towards agnosticism, but, but maybe not. And I think that's important for us to share as we are going through this, that wherever you are, however you are feeling about it, you can still profoundly affect people when you're honest about it. So another piece of our little wild goose adventure was that when we got there, we discovered there was a time slot. And what was the name of that time slot? The time slot was called Sarah Heath. Yeah. No description. Uh, No description. Just my name and a tent location. And it was one of the bigger tents. So I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? And poor Justin got voluntold that I needed him to just ask me questions because I wasn't sure what I was going to do at that time. And originally I was just going to show up and point them to another tent, but it felt like a divine invitation to do something. And so I just shared what a shit show I've been in the last year. (laughs) Yeah. But it was exactly what needed to happen. And I ended up going, I got, you know, weird sun reaction because I stood in the sun with three people after that that just needed to chat about and and the and people showed up guys thank you to anyone who was at Wagyu's and just showed up to hear me talk about it and i think it's i think sharing your stories is important and and sarah your story too i think one thing we want this podcast to be is like stories in process um yeah like i think honestly capitalism does this but also i think evangelical Christianity does this to 11. Like we want the before picture and we want the after picture. Um, Right. The messy middle. No, thank you. And we don't get a lot of during pictures. You know, we want the fabulous weight loss journey, but we don't want to see like the weird you in the middle. We want the fabulous, you know, story about your, you know, transition out of, you know, rehab, but we don't want the story of you. We don't want the picture of you in actually in rehab not sure if you want to stay and, or like we want the picture of you. That's like 
perfect. We don't want the like messy parts where you're still struggling to feel like, am I comfortable in my own skin? What does that even look like? I'm not even saying all of these journeys are like journeys people need to be on. I'm just using examples, but we want to be a podcast with people in process. And offering hope still, along the way. Yeah. And we're still figuring it out. We might be a step or two ahead of you. We are not done. I don't want to be done. Like, Mm-mm. I don't want to arrive somewhere and then just be like, huh, uh, I've met too many people that have done that and they're boring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, you know, like I was entirely sanctified at 13 and I've done nothing since. Like, uh, sorry, you're boring. I think you're lying. It's actually also you're lying. I <laughs> yeah, I would, I would also say that too. Yeah. To yourself or others. And I, First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. You know, I think Maher did us the gift by giving us this language of fundamentalism on either side. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not, I cannot. And, and being in the gray and the mess is really uncomfortable because I, how do I sell that? Um, and, and when we are in a, you know, an idea of capitalism and we're content creators. And, you know, years ago when someone said to me that I was a brand, I, it took me a year to own that. And I don't always own it, but I think this idea that, well, what am I presenting to other people? How am I offering them a hope if I'm still a mess? But sometimes it's just like, cause you're still here is the answer. Cause you're still here. And because you're willing to change and you're willing to offer a different version of yourself. And maybe you show people what it looks like to say, I used to think this was what I was meant to do. And now I don't know. And, um, and I'm still here. I, I want to always be that voice for that. So we had, I've had, we've had at least three profound since like, we, guys, we were only got a month and we had these profound moments of like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's, and it's okay to have those moments that catch you off guard. I think that, mm-hmm. I mean, that means you're looking in the right places, you know, when, when you, when the experiences that you would have are exactly as you expected them to be and they, or you don't have the profound experiences that, that shake you a bit. I, th- I, I think sometimes it's because you're not looking and you might not be able to look too. Like there are seasons of life, you know, yeah. like I, I recently, you know, had a son and, you know, if these experiences came to me a year and a half ago, I would have missed them. Cause I was sleep deprived, uh, right. you know, so like it, it's fine. You shouldn't be having these explosions of, of consciousness all of the time. But I think having these profound moments is important. And I think being able to share, even when they're confusing to you, like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with that necessarily, but I also realize that, you know, when I'm hearing Melva talk about preaching, it's interesting to me. It is. And, and it's interesting to me what, how even like the content is interesting, but also it's interesting just the cadence and what she is doing with the content. I think you right. and I, it, it, it very much felt like two people watching baseball and being like, Oh, that's an, you know, like inside baseball kind yeah. of stuff. Like, oh, like that's two an- people who, who played pro and are yeah. watching someone do it in a way that's like different yeah. than how you would have done it, but also in some ways better. 
Yeah. And the language and the like cadence and, oh, I know what you're doing there. That self-deprecation, I know where that's about to go. Yeah. And not in manipulative ways, in like yeah. honest and sure and, and, and strong ways. And then to the way she named it and then said, mm-hmm. I am a woman who you will call doctor until you know. Yeah. And here is why. And it was captivating and wonderful. And and hopefully we're not doing that whole thing where like you had to be there. But I think it's important for us to continue to expose ourselves to places and spaces where we might think we're going to encounter a certain thing and then we don't. To be honest, like when I went to my, you guys asked me, I think one of the hardest parts of this last year was going to a worship service and not caring, recognizing that I was hoping for a big God moment and it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was uncomfortable at best and through no fault of anyone involved in it. It's yep. just how it hit me or didn't hit me. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I had a similar experience. It was at my cousin's wedding mm. and this beautiful church. Like I should say beautiful. If you find urban decay, beautiful. You do. Yeah. Strangely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole cheek or cheek, whatever look, whatever. I don't know terms. And I remember thinking like, this is a beautiful space, you know? And I had a moment where I was trying to put one of my kids to sleep. And so I snuck up to the balcony, which was very dangerous, by the way. <laughs> like it was definitely like closed off. Well, yeah, it was closed off. But I was like, I can be alone up here and I can try to like, you know, soak up some profound moment. And, and I felt nothing. Like, and it, and it's not my cousin's fault. It was a lovely wedding, you know, and I had a lot of fun, you know, tearing it up on the dance floor later, you know, uh, but so it's not like it was a, de- a devoid of any joy, but it's just like, I feel nothing. Mm. Um, and I think those are important moments too. You know, Sarah and I basically just came back from summer camp. So we're super excited. Right. Uh, but also and yet like, not like and also yet, in that place of like, okay, so the, what does this mean for the world yeah. ever after? What do I do? with that and I, and I think I very much could get stuck in those experiences of there's nothing here huh. um, and you can get very much stuck chasing the high experiences as well right. Um, right. yeah and I, I don't have any advice other than to just go like let's just take them as they are it is not a deficiency on your part if you go to a church service and feel nothing it's also not a deficiency on your part if you go to a church service and all of a sudden you feel yourself a little bit reconverted. Yeah, um, and, because and we're, we're in process. A different, as a different, like, a, I didn't want to call it a reconversion because it's a different thing. You're a different person. And I think what I'm most excited about this, this season, as we talk about, like, what's coming up is we have got, as we tried to last season, people who are all over the charts, some who stayed, some mm-hmm. who went. And I think that's going to be, continue to be generative, I hope. Um, for me, the, and I keep saying it to you, but. The Discord, the folks in Discord, even though you and I have both been through a lot lately in the last couple of months that we haven't spent as much time as we've wanted to on our Discord, whenever I check back in thinking that I somehow have to curate this space, nope. Uh, Just incredible people having incredible conversations and supporting each other in ways that like, even if this podcast went nowhere ever again, it has served that purpose. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for us. We're going to be doing some more live shows, which you'll hear more about. Um, I don't want to mention them in case you're listening to this years later and those events have already happened. But I will say that, you know, we're going to be 
with a bunch of podcasters through Trip Fuller and the Homebrew Christianity Network. And there's just so much that I feel is out of our control. And we're learning a little bit more how to just like both take the expected moments of greatness. Um, and then the moments that just are not what we were hoping they would be and just sort of like tie it all in and see it all as part of it. And, you know, our friend Kevin is constantly about like, be where you are. And I feel like we're learning that in this season in a way that I never have before. Cause I've just had judgment over every experience I've ever had, right? Like Easter had to mean something for me and everyone involved. And then when yes. it didn't mean anything to me, cause it was just another really hard work day. Um, I thought there was something wrong with me in the system. Yeah. And, and we've talked about that before that pressure to, to be a pastor and experience profound moments while you're creating them for other people, mm -hmm. uh, which is so dumb. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you're a pastor and you want to remain a pastor the rest of your life, it's okay if Easter means nothing to you. Yeah. Like it, it probably won't. Mm -hmm. um, now the day after Easter, when you actually get to rest, like that might, you might experience something profound then. I mean, I almost want to go back into local church just for that afternoon Easter nap. You know oh what I'm gosh. talking about? I know. There like, is nothing, it's, except for like when I've worked manual labor, one of the people yeah. ask me all the time, like, what is it? Like there's, I learned so much from working manual labor, but. And then you get that nap. I know, guys, capitalist system. I know I'm a three. I know I feel like I have to perform. And so go, 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 go. But when you, when you nap after you know you've done it. It's a good nap. Nothing like it. I'm not even a napper necessarily. But like, yeah, I could, I could lay my head down and be like, yep, that's good. I used to have like one glass of wine or something. Just like one thing. I would eat like deviled eggs which is like my favorite thing ever. And, and you don't have to save deviled eggs till Easter, guys. If there's, if you learn anything from this podcast, you can just eat deviled eggs on a Tuesday. Deviled and it's the same with your religious through. experiences. Yes. You can decide whether or not you like deviled eggs. And if you like deviled eggs, gosh darn it, you can have them on a Tuesday. Um, I think just like sitting, having that deviled egg, having that drink, and then taking that nap. Good Lord. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially like, I remember there were some Sundays where I would preach twice, teach a class, have like a leadership team meeting or whatever, which is oh, yeah, so you stupid. Would. You're like, you know, and then you finally get home and it's like two or three o'clock, but you've worked mm -hmm. at least nine hours already. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, I, I get to do nothing for this moment and just sit back. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good, that is a good feeling, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's, it's, you're going to you feel what you, feel i keep saying it over and over again like and it's okay to feel that there's there's not we're a... not here to make you feel better we're here to make you feel oh better nice that was a good one i said that the other day and i it like a couple months ago and it just hit me yeah like i want people to feel all their things i want i want there to be no shame around it i want i used to be so uncomfortable with the people at wild goose because they were so much there's so much mm-hmm and I realize it's a me problem, not a them problem. That's how they're living out their joy, living out their expression. And why did I not like it? Because I didn't feel like I could be that way. Whatever my inner, you know, because I grew up in a culture that is very closed off and closed down. And just so hearing someone like Melva preach, you're not too much. You are, you are exactly the right amount. And until I am willing to like own in my own power, you know, there is just something beautiful about seeing other people do it. And so I'm really grateful for this space that we have created together. And for I think the season is going to be one that 
makes more space again and again for folks to share their stories, but hopefully like hear a little bit of like, if there's something that is helpful, uh, Mm -hmm. if it's, if it's just hearing that you're not alone and you're not crazy in this and that as we both are learning from lots of people, this, I mean, we've all known this isn't new, this whole transition and change. And yet we have been led to believe that we're supposed to have the answers right away. So thank you for being in the messy middle with us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. And uh, we hope that you can feel a little bit better. Feel them feelings. Feel, have feel that deviled eggs. Yeah. I'm really craving deviled eggs right now. My grandmother makes the best deviled eggs. I make really good deviled eggs. And I know I always make jokes about the fact that I'm like not like domestic, but I actually so, if you can uh, make deviled eggs, you're pretty domestic. That, c- deviled eggs are a commitment. I know, like, and I'm willing to do it. You know. There's like five steps. <laughs> There's like a lot of steps. Five. <laughs> if it's not throwing it in the microwave and hitting start, that's too many steps. It's too many steps. Uh, friends, have a great week. We will chat yeah. with you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you are enjoying the conversations you hear on RevCovery, you can continue the conversation with us and many more incredible people in the RevCovery room on Discord. To access our Discord, please join our Patreon to become part of the RevCovery room community. You can join for as little as $4 a month, and this helps us produce the show as well as gives you access to the community resources. Check it out at www.patreon.com RevCovery. We know that not everyone is able to financially support the show, but there are lots of ways to support us, including giving us a five-star review wherever you're listening right now. And make sure to like and subscribe across all social media. Recovery Room is our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook handle, so you can find us there to keep the conversation going. Another live event is coming up, and we want to meet you face-to-face. Our friend Trip Fuller of the Homebrew Christianity Podcast is throwing what can only be described as the ultimate podcast party, and you all are invited. Theology Beer Camp is a three-day theology, podcast, beer, nerd fest. It sounds like a great time. And for $50 off registration, make sure to put RevCovery in the discount section. So come thirsty and get ready to get nerdy for three days of theological zest. Uh, That's going to be October 13th through the 15th in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. You can check it out at theologybeer.camp. And don't forget to use our code. Gets you $50 off. We would love to see you there. Now on to some final thoughts and this week's poem. Friends, thank you so much for sticking around for this week's poem. I'm excited to share with you from actually a dear friend of mine, Dale Fredrickson. You can find his work, Dale Carl Fredrickson. This is one of the older poems that he has written, and it really speaks to something that's been really profound for me, which is that most often I have these uh, deeper thoughts or this most wonder when I am by the ocean whether it was my first call to ministry, whether it was like the reading Brian McLaren's book and uh, ending it while standing by the ocean, there's something powerful to me about waves. And perhaps this poem highlights why. There's something for me that comes in the beauty of waves and the wonder and the fact that they've been around way longer than I have. So whatever you are going through, however you are feeling, uh, may you hear this poem and may it reach out to you in the way that is needed. So this is the shoreline of wonder. On the shoreline, you quieted yourself before the unknown. You felt like running and hiding, or is it easier to cope by fighting? For billions of years, winds have blown and moons have shone upon the great waters. And you are here now still standing. Who knows what the tide will bring? No one told you that whatever comes is neither good nor bad. 
but the wonder of being and becoming. Friends, have a fantastic week. And may you know that whatever waves are coming are part of being and becoming. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.